0: I am your host, Brad Roland, coming to you live on a Wednesday afternoon, not the normal time slot necessarily, but here we are talking about the Hawks as always, and joining me on today's program is Jeremy Wu of Sports Illustrated. I have to tell you that the audio quality is not exactly optimal. I was uh, mobile in my studio and Jeremy was on the phone, so not the greatest quality in the world, but it is good content. Hopefully it's... Uh, listenable for everybody and that we'll come back with much more later on this week and then next week and uh, as always as we get through the offseason hopefully going to do as much content as possible it is the dead time of, of year I wrote about that a little bit in a mailbag I did a Peachtree Hoops this week Just not too much going on for the Hawks at this point in time aside from the introduction of Ray Spalding on Wednesday afternoon so that was the big news of the day for the Hawks. But anyway, um, the conversation that I had with Jeremy includes talk about John Collins and Trey Young and Kevin Herter and uh, and Evan Turner, uh, Jabari Parker and then uh, the 2019 draftees. Jeremy is the, is the NBA draft expert for Sports Illustrated so he's been covering these draft guys for quite some time so we spent the last half of the podcast talking about Bruno Fernando and Cam Reddish and Yannick Hunter so plenty of content coming your way. Uh, please subscribe to this podcast. We really appreciate that. Everybody that's already done it um, but pick your podcast platform of choice or multiple if you'd like to go ahead and support the podcast in that way on uh, Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify, all those places. And uh, without further delay, here is my podcast with Jeremy Wu. Jeremy, thank you for joining me, sir. How are you on this fine Wednesday?
1: Doing you know, well, man. You know, soft off season. Uh, you know, a little bit of downtime. Uh, kind of nice. I've been, I've been traveling a bit for some of these, you know, summer uh, scouting events and whatnot. But um we good.
0: Yeah, I was going to say. I assume you're on the road some. I know you were out in Vegas. I was out there. But that's kind of my only my only trip in the summer. But I know I assume your draft obligations take you to a few different places.
1: Yeah, yeah, I was just uh, in Colorado with USA Basketball looking at some of the high schoolers, and then we uh, closed next week for an extended trip, so you know we see it a bunch.
0: For sure. Uh, and I, I'm going to ask you about uh, the latest draft uh, later. I'm going to save that for the end so people will, <laughs> will hang on. But uh, I wanted to ask you start off with, uh, you know, there's, there's obviously a lot of talk in Atlanta Hawks land about uh, sort of the returning guys as well. Um, you know, what, what do you make of, I guess, just this team in general right now, but, you know, obviously the headline guys being, you know, Trey Young, John Collins, Kevin Herter, what do you make of the returning guys, what they might look, look like uh, as they, uh, I guess, sort of continue to, to progress as they get older?
1: Yeah, I think with Atlanta, uh, you, you can kind of see the outline of how they want to play going forward. Uh, and I think, obviously, uh, uh, with his passing, his uh, shooting, you know, ability to sort of play fast, uh, you know, that's sort of the rough sketch of what they're doing. Uh, you know, they're finding shooting, you know, put around him. You know, Herder, I think, you can see the expectations as a rookie. John Collins is a guy who was developing pretty well. Uh, and then, you know, you got the rookies coming in. Uh, you kind of see that, you know, the idea there. Uh, and, I, and I think, you know, relative to some of the other rebuilding teams in the NBA, they have one of the more, uh, I think, promising fits when you just look at all the parts they have. Uh, you know, granted, they still have to develop those guys, and that's to take time. But uh, I think it's definitely been an encouraging couple of years uh, just in terms of, you know, Travis Schleinck sort of putting these parts in place.
0: Yeah, it's very easy to be excited about, uh, about the young core. What do you... What do you think of Trey Young's, you know, upside, I guess, is the way to put that? I mean, he obviously came on really strong last year and performed, I think, better than I thought for sure as a rookie, considering how point guards often struggle in their first year. But, you know, now that he has to transition into this, you know, he kind of has already arrived. But what's the next step for him? And what do you, what do you sort of vision for him long term as like a maybe a star level player?
1: Yeah, I think it's possible that he gets there. I mean, you know, the biggest impediment for him you know, people talk about the the size and the physicality, but you know, he continues to sort of exceed expectations in that level and I think you know, he's continued to do it. Uh, you know, he'll be able to get stronger. He's only twenty, right? So you just think about the physical development, I mean the the skill level is already impressive. And I think the three position numbers should improve, right? He shot what like thirty two percent last year on yeah, you know, the volume was there, right? So I, I think you can expect improvement. Uh and certainly, you know, from accounting stats perspective, he pretty good. Uh, last year. And so I, I think where they got him last year, I mean, I think it, it looks pretty good, all things consider. considered. And I think, um, you know, the passing ability is something that I think we talked about coming into the draft, but I, I think probably the bigger perception coming in was he was, you know, a college scorer, which he was. But I think the passing is always the thing uh to me, you know, potentially a, a special piece for somebody. And I think uh, you know, last year, he to kind of improved over the second half of the year. And that's all I can really ask for, for a young point guard. Uh, so, arrow is definitely pointing up. Uh, and I, I, I think uh, he's the type of player, you know, they might end up needing to get another scorer to put with him, like a big-time scorer eventually to play with him. But, uh, you know, you can't really complain about what you got there, especially, you know, getting – it's a move they made, getting the extra pick out of it. I mean, I think it looks you – know, as good as Donchich is, I think it looks pretty good.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree. Um, obviously, he gets a ton of attention. I'm going to ask about the guy who doesn't get as much attention, and that's Kevin Herter, a guy who was kind of a late riser last year before the draft ended up being looking like a great value pick for, more the, for where they got him uh, based on what, the way he performed last year. Uh, but he's the one that I, I guess we talk about the least, at least nationally. So what do you think of Herter? Obviously, probably more of a supporting piece, but someone who the Hawks definitely like a lot.
1: Yeah, the thing that always struck me about him I mean, it's not just the shooting, but it's the legitimate size that he brings uh, for that position. Uh, yeah, he can shoot over smaller players. Uh, I think um, definitely did a good job uh, as a rookie, just sort of coming in, not being totally overwhelmed. Uh, think, you know, there's some ceiling defensively, and he's not an amazing athlete, but I think
0: you know he does
1: enough things really well at this stage that I think you should be encouraged, right? Um, you know, it's just it's hard to find guys who can legitimately. You know, space the floor at a high clip. And I think the fact that he can already do it at age 20 is, is promising. Uh, I, I think you'll see him evolve into, you know, there is more to his game uh, as a scorer that, you know, he probably gets pigeonholed as a, just a shooter. I think there's more to him than that. Uh, I don't know if he'll be a pure specialist, right? I think there's probably a little more he can do. Um, and I, I think he also is in a great situation just being able to play off of Young. Uh, so I'm curious to see how he, how he grows from here. Um, but I think clearly as a baseline, he's going to be useful. And for where they got him, I mean, that's a pretty good outcome to our field that
0: way, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, anytime you can get – it's always important. I know you – I'm sure you hear stuff about this all the time. But, you know, draft slot versus projection and, you know, I guess, rational, reasonable projection. You know, getting a guy at 19, if he's just a rotation player, that's a win. And I think he's kind of already that. Which is, which is nice, and obviously there's a lot of upside beyond that, I would imagine, but, you know, just keeping things in perspective, uh, and the Hawks have had some success now, two years in a row number 19 overall, um, and it's kind of more of a fluke than anything else, but they've, uh, they've been yeah. good in that mid-range, <laughs> obviously. Yeah, and a good pass, too. I think, I think that's one thing that
1: is underrated about his game, is he can really make some good passes. He has a good feel, and I think, again, if, you, if you're talking about the bigger picture, you know, if you're going to build around Trey on, you know, the ball needs to be moving, you got to put guys around who are smart and can to keep up in terms of ball movement. I think, you know, he fits that idea.
0: For sure. Uh, and I have to like what you see from him. Uh, the other guy that they, 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 they got 19 overall uh, the previous year, John Collins, has, uh, again, it's kind of a running theme, but exceeded, exceeded expectations, to be honest with you, to this point in time, to the point where he was averaging almost 20-10 and 10 last season. Um, you know, there's still questions about his defense in some circles, obviously. But uh, what do you make of him? Because I think, I think locally, anyway, Hawks fans are seeing him as a future star, or maybe even the present star, given what he was able to do last year, uh, are you are you high on Collins? What do you sort of envision for him?
1: Yeah, you know, defensively, I think there, there's probably some concern, uh, but you know, his development I think has been encouraging in terms of improving as a jump shooter. Uh, you know, the rebounding numbers have been there. Granted, they haven't been winning, right? But and that, that's the biggest thing. Now it's going to be you know, when they transition into a winning team, you know, how do these guys numbers change? Uh, and then you, you, as they get older, we'll start to see sort of, uh, you know, how it affects the baseline right? and the results. But, you know, is definitely talented. And I think, uh, again, a guy that was a good value pick um, just big, super athletic like that and sort of can score at all three levels are, are kind of tricky to find. And, uh, I think he is still growing in a lot of ways. Uh, you know, we don't know exactly what it should look like when he's done. Uh, and so, again, as, as part of this, you know, group, they have, you know, they're athletic. They want to run the floor. They want to get up and down. You know, if he, he continues to progress, I mean, he, he shot the ball pretty well last year from three, and he's gonna. I think that will probably keep improving. Uh, you know, as long as he keeps working, I think you can at, at least feel like that's a, you know, a real piece of what they have here. Um, and again, the, the most important thing for them is just continuing to grow these guys know, whether or not, you know, all of them are gonna be here in four or five seasons when they're, you know, trying to make, to make a playoff push, you know, who knows. But just growing these guys and increasing their value uh is sort of the key. And I think Collins is a, a great example of someone who uh I expectations in in that sense, just developmentally.
0: Yeah, for sure. and I think, you know, part of it is you know, he's not a traditional well, I guess he is a traditional player more than anything, but he's not really a modern guy that, you know, fits in in one particular box. You know, I've talked about how I thought he was gonna be a center coming in and the Hawks haven't really played him there and they think it'd been more of as a four, but I think someone of that size and the way that he plays you know, most people think that he might be able to play some center. Where do you fall? In, where do you fall on that spectrum overall? I'm more of a positionless person, but at the same time, you know, having an anchor rim protector at center is also something that you kind of have to have. So, do you think he ends up more at center, or do you think they they, they end up playing him more than at, at the four where they where they have uh, had him so far in his career?
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I probably need to watch a little bit more to have a real, uh, you know take on position long-term and you know, I admittedly I have not watched you know a ton you know I, I here and there I have but uh I, I guess I've always the biggest thing has just been you know how consistent is he going to be defensively in terms of shot blocking in terms of you know, the rebounding aspect is there and I think you know what you want to play at center is such a loosely defined thing nowadays anyway like they'll be able to play some five uh, but it just depends on what type of looks they want to play right but I think mm-hmm it is encouraging the possibility of him being able to, just from an offensive standpoint, you know, if he can step out and hit threes, if he can set screens for young and sort of let them really spread it out. Uh, I think ideally you know, that's sort of the look that you see from them, right. Um, you know, having the bigger forwards, you know, add his intensively and then hoping the call for does enough. Uh, but it's, it's all really valuable at this point. It's, it's hard to say. Um, it is. And, and it's, uh, it's not a bad thing, right. I think there's a chance that he, uh, Continues to improve in that, in that sense. Uh, but even if he is sort of a, a bigger four who is a million guy, uh, you know, I, I think it obviously increases as long as he can it improve defensively to the point where he's playing the five and he's doing that. And I think he's athletic enough to do it some of the time. Uh, but it, I mean, it really just depends on how they how they want to, to grow him. And I think that's an advantage.
0: Yeah, for sure. It comes down to defense more than anything on that because he can kind of do all things at all levels uh, offensively, which is uh, a nice benefit to have, to be honest with you. All right, we're going to come back in just one second, but after this short break and uh, more with Jeremy after that. All right, man, we're back. And uh, I wanted to ask you real quickly about some of the supporting moves the Hawks did before I I ask you about the draft. Um, You know... A lot's been made of uh, the Jabari Parker contract. I'm not sure uh, what your familiar, familiarity is with Jabari, but um, I kind of laughed by the player option part of it. But he is a talented guy, sort of a reclamation project. Do you have you have strong thoughts on Jabari Parker at this point in his career? Because uh, it feels like he's been in the league forever, but he isn't that old, honestly.
1: Yeah, you know, I've watched Jabari play since he was about 16. Uh, so I, I'm very familiar with him. Uh, and I, I think for the price they got him, it's fine. I mean, if, you know, at this point, next is not going to be a great free agent class. You're going to have, I mean, these contracts coming off the books anyway, you know, Hunter's going to be unrestricted, you know, crab, right? So, so at this point, it's like, there's really very little risk in just getting in the player option. I mean, he'll probably pick it up, I would guess, right? But I, I think it's a real risk move. I mean, defensively, it's not going to be great. And I don't know, I don't know if that ever happens. Um, and I don't know, I mean, if there's a leap coming from him and needs to happen soon. Uh, and granted, you know, I, I think there's probably probably skepticism about where it happens, but I mean, he can really score the ball. Uh, I think he's going to be a you know, positive to have around, you know, with those young guys. And I think, uh, you know, at some point with, with these guys, he's going to keep getting second chances and new opportunities. And at some point it's going to click where it's not. And I think that, you know, we'll see in the next couple of years, which is whether he's going to sort of, you know, put in the work to really take that next step or not. Um, I think this is a pretty good situation for him to do it. Uh, and I think that if it doesn't work, you know, whatever, but, It's the exact type of risk that Atlanta should be taking because there's really no financial uh, issue, you know, paying him whatever, right? I mean, like $6 it's not that much, uh, relatively speaking, with his youth and everything. So I I, I don't mind that move uh, at all, honestly.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I like the buy aspect of it. The player option made it more curious to me. But your, your points a good one in that they're going to have so much cast space that they're not going to know what to do with it. So the downside is a little bit lower. I mean, sorry, a little bit higher. I <laughs> do yeah. you want to say that? Then you want to. Uh, it's not as bad as you would uh, like to say with some other teams maybe making that same move. Um, and honestly, I think my biggest question. I mean, defensively is the point everybody makes about Jabari, but it's for me it's the shooting. Like he just suddenly forgot how to shoot the last couple years. Um, where he was actually kind of reasonable from three point range before that, you know, he's more of a mid range guy. Always has been, but uh, three point shooting would be helpful for someone because if he if he can't defend or make threes, it gets really tough. But if he's able to stretch the defense again offensively, then that helps uh, his baseline a little bit.
1: Right, what you got to also think about sort of the teams that he was
0: playing on, right? I mean, in, in
1: Chicago, <laughs> for sure. You know, those teams were not very well set up. Uh, you know, in Milwaukee, the role he was, was you know, he was playing more of you know, whatever, stretch four-type guy, kind of running the baseline. He got pretty good at it for a while. Like, you know, that one year, I mean, what, like 2016, that was a good season for him overall. And he's had so many bumps in the road in terms of health. Uh, you know, it's got to be discouraging, uh, and you've got to understand where he's coming from, right? But uh, I do think, you know, the talent is still there. He's only 23, uh, and I can sort of see him in a in a role that's more comfortable to him eventually in Atlanta with what, what I would expect them to use them. Uh I, I think you can see those numbers sort of back
0: up. Yeah, I mean, the average 20 a game on a 56% true shooting uh, over a 50-game sample, that's, that's pretty impressive. And uh, the sy- systems that he's been in have not been ideal for him, we should say. Uh, so that's, that's something. Uh, all right, l- last thing before we get to the young guys. Uh, what do you make of Evan Turner as a primary backup point guard? Because that's a question that everyone keeps asking me, and I've wrote about it a couple times. But the Hawks are... By all accounts, going to do this where he's the point, he's the backup point guard, and you know it helps that Trey Young is going to be playing a lot, and he's the guy. But when he leaves the floor, it seems like it's going to be Evan Turner as the backup point guard, uh, which is interesting. Uh, I want to see what you th- what you thought about that.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't have an issue with it. I mean, again, where they are organizationally, you know, there, there's not a ton of pressure to win right away. I mean, they, they can keep improving, uh, obviously from last year, but it's like, you know, Evan is the guy who sort of you know he's going to bring. Um, you know, I think he'll be fine to have around with those guys. I mean, the most important thing is he's on an expiring, right? So maybe you flip him later, uh, you know, that, that contract is going to be some value at some point, you know, him and Crab both really. So it's like, you know, you understand why that move was made. Um, you know, in lieu of, I mean, I would make it up to a, a point card right, to have a, you know, a more of a backup, but, you know, for now, I mean, I don't think it's, I don't think it's a big issue. Uh, you know, he he does have some size, uh, experience uh and I you know more importantly you're gonna have him around to sort of help the guys uh, sort of be acclimated.
0: Yeah, I mean the impact of it is not that significant for a team that isn't gonna necessarily no. uh, be great this year. Um they'll make they'll make some steps forward obviously, but I just I just thought I was curious and it's something that, you know, it's the dead of summer and people are asking lots of questions and we talked about the other guys a lot. So I wanted to wanted to pose that to you. Uh, um all right, let's let's get to the draft where uh, I know that's what you spent a lot of your time on and uh I read all your stuff heading up to twenty nineteen I think you, uh, in reading you, I think um, we were pretty close together on the, what the Hawks did in terms of just evaluating the players. You know, I, I was looking at your uh, your final big board. I think you had DeAndre Hunter at 7, Cam Reddish at 10, and Bruno Fernando at 21. Do I have that right? Something like that? Uh,
1: yeah, I don't have it in front of me, but yeah, that's probably right. Sounds right. I, I looked at it the other day. Yeah. So, uh,
0: but that's kind of where I, that's kind of around where I was. I wanted to, We'll start at the end and come back to Hunter at the end. Um uh, what do you make of Bruno Fernando? Uh, Hawks fans seemed to really like that pick. They were really excited about him before the draft, I found, which was, I thought, I, I thought it was kind of odd because he was not really a, a high profile guy in this class, but Hawks fans seemed to latch on to him. And then when they w- when they made the move to go out and, and trade up and get him, they were pretty excited. And I think you are higher than the consensus on Bruno. So what do you make of him? Uh, what do you see in Summer League, et cetera? Kind of what, what, what do you see from him moving forward?
1: Yeah. You know, Summer League, he was okay. Um, I, I, I didn't. I, I probably watched. I think one of their games. It was, not, it was not a very um, exciting summer
0: league team. I can tell you that. With, with no, the but team. like I've
1: seen <laughs> enough of Bruno over the years. I mean, it's just like look. If you, if you look at the bigs that are in this draft, I mean, like he. Uh, I, I think just from a physical tools perspective, uh, you know, he has that. Uh, I think he, you know, showed this year at Maryland. You know what can happen when he sort of plays hard all the time, and uh, he he took a, a step forward in that regard. Um, yeah, I don't think he's an amazing upside pick, but. Again, they had him pretty cheaply. They're going to have his bird rights. He, uh, I think, long term, I think Crowell is like a. I think he could be a pretty decent backup. I just, I think one thing with Maryland is the, the way they use him was like a little bit weird sometimes. Um, you know, you're not going to really run a lot of offense to him in the post at this level. You're going to hope he's a guy who's going to run, and catch, and uh, rebound. And you know, I think he can shoot a little bit. He has a little bit of touch. You know, you hope he develops that part of his game. Um, but I mean, what they, t- they took him at 34 or whatever, right? So. Uh, I mean, that's not a bad place to get him. Uh, and I think that, you know, all things considered, it's fine. I mean, you, you know, you hope that he becomes a guy who's going to, you know, give you a little bit off the bench and give you energy and, you know, be good to have around. And, uh, you know, for, for me, I think I was hiring him just about sort of safe that he's going to be that, um, you know, again, just with the body he has and type of just sort of the natural athletic ability he has. Um, and, you know, he can pass a little bit. You know, I think he's still kind of figuring out, uh, you know, how good he can be. So, while I'm, I'm not saying he's going to be a, you know, legit starting as an average, you know, a double-double. Um, he's a good guy, a good culture guy, and a good best guy. I think that's you know, all you can ask for at that spot.
0: Yeah, if you can get a rotation player at 34, or really of any kind, it's a success, obviously. Right. And, um, you know, Fernando, I agree. It's, he was kind of used strangely at times, and I think he's going to have to figure out that he's not going to be a primary option offensively. Um, and that's about – I think he understands that to a certain degree, but that'll become uh, – I guess very crystal clear for him in the future. But I am looking to see if the Hawks can develop a three point shot. They had a lot of success with that with Dwayne Debman and Alex Lynn in the last couple of years. Um it's not it's not linear for everybody, but they have had some success unlocking those kind of guys in big men. And if he can make shots, that'd be pretty intriguing, I think, as a supporting piece.
1: I'm broken. Uh, yeah, I think it's a confidence thing and it's just a reps thing and uh you know, in high school I don't three, that uh, but I'm G, so I think I'll
0: hope that he's and shoot it. Yeah, for sure. Um, I wanted to get your, uh, your thoughts on Cam Reddish, too. Obviously, a very polarizing guy because he wasn't great in college, but before that, obviously, a high pedigree guy, very talented guy. Um, I think you had him somewhere around the range of where the Hawks drafted him at 10. Uh, what'd you make of that pick, and uh, how do you sort of? I don't know, how do you sort of balance his, his college struggles with, with, the, with the talent that seems to be present there? Because it's one of the big questions that everybody keeps uh, talking about.
1: Yeah, the big thing with Reddish has always just been expectations and, you know, relative uh, to, to his talent. And, you know, he's not the only guy who, you know, over the years has you know, been this type of guy where you look at him and you see the body type and you see, you know, he can handle a little bit, he can shoot, he can pass. Like, you know, you see those things and you're like, why can't he be you know, a star, Uh, but then, again, the performance doesn't really align with that, and I just don't know if he's wired that way to be, you know, a really efficient, um, you know, high-usage player, Um, but, you know, if you come in at number 10, if he falls there, you know, you're expecting him to just, you know, if he can develop into a just sort of contributor for them, who, you know, defends with versatility, uh, you know, who's active, and who just sort of you know, just learn to sort of bring it every night and hit those flat-up shots and help move the ball. I mean, I think that's fine. And I think Atlanta's a great situation just because there's not going to be a ton of pressure on him to be a star, right? I mean, you've got Trey. Uh, you know, you have Collins, who's, you know, developing really well. And these guys are all going together. And I think that environment, uh, ideally, is going to help benefit him.
0: Yeah, I, I think the divide with Reddish is interesting because, you know, obviously top five high school prospect, um, people, Some people think he's a, still like a star level kind of prospect, whereas I think a lot of people that covered the draft were more intrigued by his like supporting stuff, like his defense and the way he checks a lot of boxes. Um, I think I agree with you in that he felt a good spot for him and the Hawks see him as someone I think with some upside. They talked about in the post draft press conference, Travis talked about how they've been scouting him for a long time, intrigued by him for a long time. I'm I'm somewhere in the middle, but at, at ten, you know, he doesn't have to be a star. It can just it can be a guy who can just check a lot of boxes and be a nice supporting piece. I think some fans aren't, aren't going to love that if he doesn't end up, you know, reaching his full potential in the way that they see it. But I think the uh, the risk fact the risk factor at ten is not what it would have been at you know four, where he was projected to be early on in the season. So I don't know. I'm, I'm intrigued by reddish, but at the same time it might it might take a while. Do you agree with that? I think that's something that I have my my uh my guard up against because he was not great in college. So and usually guys that are not great in college are not immediately good in the NBA.
1: Yeah, no, I mean I I would hope by the end of the season at least they can you know give him some time and just sort of let him learn, right? And they again there's not a ton of immediate uh expectation to win. So that's gonna help. Um but yeah, I mean it could take a couple years. I mean for for him it's not an issue of talent really. It's just uh the makeup thing um and i think you know just i you know i'd look at those little things here in terms of how he responds you know to being challenged uh you know how hard he works i mean those are those are gonna be the things that atlanta you know, want to see from him this year you know it doesn't have to be an on the court uh necessarily uh contribution right for sure um but yeah the hope is you know the hope is that, you know in a year or two you know he's giving you something off the bench at least
0: I've been asking everybody this about Reddish that I've had on um, that that kind of does this. You, what do you make of him as an athlete? Because I think people have this perception of him as this like elite athlete, whereas you know I'm not sure he is that. I think he's long and fluid. But what do you make of him as an just a pure functional athlete?
1: Yeah, elite would not be the right word uh, for me. Uh, I don't think he's unathletic. Like I think he is coordinated. Uh, you know, he he's mobile. Uh, he defensively can move pretty well, right? There's, like, there's a fluidity to him, uh, but he's not a guy who's going to jump over you or, like, blow by you, and I think that's probably, uh, you know, where some of the confusion probably lies. Um, you know, you watch him enough this year. I mean, one thing that really did concern me is, you know, he had issues sort of finishing in the paint and getting the, all the way to the rim. Uh, you know, a lot of times he gets stuck or he gets fouled or uh, just kind of, like, you know, throw something up uh, contested, and, you know, that's something that I think you'll want to watch for I mean, he's going to have to develop some some more um, just you know creativity in terms of how, how do you score you know, going you go into the basket if you can't jump over somebody and you know, he can't overpower guys anymore at this level and you know, he's big but he's not going to physically dominate in the NBA uh, and so that's one thing you know, I think to track for sure uh, to your point.
0: Yeah, I mean, much has been made about his two-point percentage uh, at the college level being so bad, um, and that was a big—that was a big part of it. Just the fact that he didn't have that like secondary option when he got there. Um, and I'll, I'll be intrigued to see how. The Hawks develop him uh, upon arrival. Um, okay, I want to I want to end with the Andre Hunter. Um, you know, famously, there's there's two different evaluations of Hunter. There's the evaluation of him as a player, and then there's the draft and the trade um, aspect of it. Um, I, I really like Hunter. I had him at number five on my board. Um, I also thought the Hawks pretty much clearly overpaid for him in the trade. And now if that works out, that's okay. Um, but what did you make of the of the trade first, and then what do you make of him as a prospect? Because it's kind of uh, they're all they're kind of the same, but they're also kind of not.
1: Yeah, I mean at the time, I mean they did give up a lot to sort of move up to that spot, but you know, you have to look at it. I mean, they work on their roster, all those rookies. Um the reason why they made you know, part of why they made that first trade is you add to add assets then you can again, you know, you can use it to get the guy you really want. And I think it was a case where they, you know, identified their guy, they identified where they could get him, and they knew they had to get in front of Cleveland to do it. Uh and so they did it. And so, you know, all that is relative. Um and I think you know, the way Atlanta has traded the draft has sort of been like, uh, you know, sort of like that hedge fund style where you, know, you accumulate your assets and you use them later to uh, you know, get the best uh, value. Right. And so that was what they thought was the right move. Uh, granted, you know, I mean, the guys who are on Scott with those picks, uh, you know, obviously looked good in summer leagues. So there's probably going to be some immediate backlash, but it's, it's too early to really evaluate uh, if it was a good trade or a bad trade. But, you know, for, for me with Hunter, you know, I don't, I was probably in the camp where I was probably more of a realist about him. Uh, I don't know how much upside there is there, but I get why Atlanta sort of coveted his, what he does bring in terms of strengths. And again, in this draft, after three, even really after two, you know, the whole thing is sort of hard to parse depending on who you are. So uh, I think it's hard to knock them for picking him there, but even long term, the trade might end up looking like they gave up too much for sure.
0: Yeah, I I agree on pretty much all of that uh, you know I'm, I'm fairly high on Hunter but also through the prism of this not being the greatest draft in terms of you know star level talent. Um, I, I thought he was a top five six guy in the class, but it's also a situation where you're banking on his floor more than his upside you know defensively he fits really well. they need someone that does what he does on this team when you have Collins and Herter and young already on board. But I, I do have some fear, like at least in terms of just, this doesn't really matter, but the way that, you know, fans are going to react to a guy who you traded up for, took him in the top five, who may never be more than like a fourth option offensively. That usually doesn't always play well in certain fan bases. Now, hundred, might just be a really good player and no one will care. But, um, you know, it's just a – it's a weird confluence where you think number four pick that you traded up for and you don't really see a player like the Hunter very often, but he's also still a good prospect. So it's it's kind of – there's a lot going on there.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's the thing with the draft, man. It's hard to complete. Not really, really, like, playing the it, but from year to year, it's you know, You know, we watch the draft as kids, and we're like, "Oh my God, they took this guy at number five, Like, but the truth is that that's not, you know, not how it works. Sometimes you find guys later on, but the talent curve doesn't work that way, and it's different every year. And so, you know, it's harder for our brains to sort of, I think, sort of take it apart like that. But you know, in this draft, if you take an after four, you're just hoping that he's a starting level forward, which I think, you know, it's a reasonable thing that he can be. Uh, you know, that's fine. I mean, if you look at the guys coming after him, I mean. You know, they weren't going to take Garland, uh, and I wouldn't have taken them that high either. Um, you know, even if Barrett had fallen forward, I mean, you can argue, that, you know, what Hunter brings is more useful uh, to the Hawks than what Barrett does in terms of dominating the ball, right, because the Hawks already have Trey. Uh, you know, they didn't really need Kobe White, another guy who's really scored. Uh, you know, Culver, I think, would have been a consideration for me if I, was, if I was picking there. But, you know, there's not, like, a great, you know, case for any of those guys versus Hunter, right? So, you know, I, when you really do – look at the nitty of it, but I get why they did it. Um, and that's about matters. I mean, I just, it's good to see them identify what they want and and have to go get it. And that's all, sometimes all you can ask for.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. And listen, if he becomes a starting caliber forward, that's a perfectly reasonable value at number four in this draft particularly. So, um, Absolutely. There, there's risk Agreed. there, but there yeah. isn't like immense risk. If he's just what they think he's going to be. There's and all, the and there's always risk. Right. right? Exactly. <laughs> Unless it's uh, – yeah. there, there are very, very few no-brainer picks. Uh, everything else is kind of uh, risky. And aside from Zion being one in this class, there wasn't too much uh, firm certainty. I think Morant kind of arrived at two for most people by the end of the year. But even then, people, you could find someone that had Morant a lot lower than that. So it wasn't like there was a full consensus after one. Right. Um, all right. Well, I was going to ask you sort of as a, as a way to sign you off here. Um, I mean, what did you make of their of the draft overall? I think we've just talked about the three guys that they that they went and got. But you know, that, that is your specialty. So I wanted to ask you um, what you kind of thought of the, what they did overall. I, I liked it. I wasn't an A plus for me, but uh, I wasn't it wasn't a D minus either. It was uh, sort of like a, it was an above average grade for me. But uh, what did you make of what they did and uh, how that looks for them? Yeah,
1: you know, I didn't really have any any issue with what they were doing. Um, I mean, we touched on it a, a bit, um, but just just again, it's like you see the idea. You, you know, that Trey is going to be the guy who you know they're going to kind of put the ball in his hands, and you've seen you know encouraging steps for him. Or let you draft with that in mind, right? So with that being said, it's, you know, you looked at the roster. You know, they do need forwards. You know, they need guys who are versatile. Um, you know, they're going to always hopefully have guys who can help cover for Trey defensively, uh, and so that's sort of I think. The direction they went uh, you know with those picks um and uh you know you can always go back and what if this and that and i think you know it's possible that reddish is a guy who we go back at 10 and like oh man like look who went after him uh but you, you, uh, the biggest thing is just seeing that they have a vision i think that helps uh, you know there are a lot of teams that don't who are trying to rebuild and don't be you know see how the parts fit yet and and I, I guess I said this earlier on, but just just the fact that you can kind of see that rough outline uh, is a definite plus for just from the Hawks perspective. Um, so, you know, I didn't have, really have an issue with it. Um, I don't know what letter grade I put on yeah. any of the picks or anything because those things are fleeting. But, you know, it is. One of the, yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right, man. Well, thank you for all the time. Uh, please. Uh, people should probably be following you already, but if they're not. Please plug yourself. Anything you got going on and uh, share with people how they can find your work.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm on, on Twitter at Jeremy Wu.
0: Um,
1: I don't. I've been trying to tweet less in the summer. I try to stay off it.
0: Uh, <laughs> but I don't, uh, I don't blame you at all. Uh, yeah, life.
1: yeah. <laughs> but yeah, SI.com. Um, you
0: yeah, we, we have a you know pr- relatively year-round draft coverage of prospects and everything. So uh, I appreciate it. Yeah, no, no problem at all. And thanks again for doing this. As for everybody else, please subscribe to this podcast, and we'll see you all next time.